0: We're running a pre-sale for $100 off. Head over to listenmoneymatters.com slash REI to learn more. That's listenmoneymatters.com slash REI for $100 off rental properties for passive investors.
1: Hey, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to Listen Money Matters. I have enough money to last me the rest of my life, unless I buy something. (laughs) <laughs> my name is Thomas, and I'm here as always with my good friend Andrew. How are you what are you drinking, man? Good dude.
0: And uh just just I've kind of been chugging the last few minutes a blunderbus barley wine ale. That oh, is surprisingly you're a barley good. Wine. Yeah, I mean I haven't really had before, but it was like it says in the bottom, age in oak
1: barrels, which like gets me every time. I'm <laughs> like, ooh, I love oak barrels. This one was aged in rum barrels, then transferred to whiskey barrels, <laughs> then transferred to sherry casks.
0: I'd be like, take Three, all my money!
1: Triple aging process. And for any brewers <laughs> out there, go ahead and take that. Mm. That's right. So this is a I bet, f- a I bet you tip. like a knowledgeable brewer would just be like, that, that's a terrible idea. You're going <laughs> to totally upset the flavor profile. You have no idea what you're talking about. But uh, that's okay, because this is a money podcast. <laughs> that's right. We know nothing about beer besides if it tastes good or not. We know how much it costs. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to my the Whole Foods cashier yesterday, and she was like, "My sister drinks nothing but Natty Light because she says it gets uh, her the best best bang for her buck." And I was well, like, "It'll <laughs> get you the the most ounces for your buck." Yeah. So it, it's actually low ABV too. <laughs> I I guess if you if you really don't want to pay a lot of money for something that technically can be called beer. And you want to drink a lot of it before getting drunk, then yes, Natty Natty Ice or Natty Light or whatever it is, uh, that's your go-to right there. But that and Bush give me like flashbacks to college.
0: Like, dude, I I smell like Bush or Natty Natty Ice, and like my mind just reminds me of my fraternity house. It just like always smelled (laughs) at some level
1: of that. Yeah. I went to college with nerds, and we didn't start drinking until we were 21. Dude, I went to a tech school. We just
0: drank Natty Ice and played Mario
1: Kart, like, all day. (laughs) We just drank really bad for us energy drinks. And then once we did start drinking, now, I had really dumb drinking times where I didn't know what I was doing, but it was typically around liquor, and we Hmm. started with, like, drinking straight up Everclear with, like, crystal light in it. And then, like, yeah, that, that gives you, like, full body shutters. It's real bad, yeah. Everclear. Um, I mean, that that is, like, so strong. But my first beer was and uh, Kugel Summer Shandy, which ah. I still like so quite a bit. So you've always been a Shandy guy. I've always been a Shandy. Well, so I always hated beer, and Shandy is what got me into beer. Hmm. And then eventually I transitioned into Blue Moon, and from there I transitioned into liking, like, the wheat beers and Pilsners and things like that. Um, but I still am not a big fan of anything like an IPA or anything like a stout or a porter. It's not my jam. Right, right. The uh, the most hipster I get with beer is the sours. Mm. Sours are good. That is true. All right, sir. So we're talking about a serious topic today, aren't we? Yes, we are. Not tea, not beer, but what to do when you have lost your job,
0: mm.
1: which so um, sucks. But you know, yeah. So is this going to be like a, um, like a involuntary, involuntary, yeah, involuntarily lost your job kind of thing, like not losing <laughs> your like, job? How
0: many times do we say involuntary?
1: Uh, is that a word? That's a word, right? Yeah, involuntary. In, involuntary. Yeah, it is, yeah, but I was looking so, for involuntarily.
0: Well, so I guess I was thinking of it like this, where you could, you could definitely lose your job, and you could be surprised, mm-hmm. um, but but I believe. That in most cases, um, you won't be surprised for for a litany of reasons. For example, you know, um, I I used to work for iHeartRadio and they're fine, but they've been slowly edging towards and now are in bankruptcy. Really? Um, And so, yeah, and this has been like a really slow drawn up process over many, many months. So Mm. if this was like playing out, then maybe you might just start to prep anyways, you know.
1: You can kind of see the writing on the wall.
0: Yeah, uh, I worked for Lehman Brothers and they went bankrupt and somehow I had a job after the bankruptcy and there were like these few weeks where we know what the hell is going on and so like that's prep time or like uh, some states require people to t- or your boss to give you like notice, like you have two months to, f- you know, fix your shit or, or we're going to fire you Yeah, and maybe you know that regardless, your boss is going to kick you out Um And so this is like a two month notice almost. And so I think like often, you know, or if you just if you're doing a shitty job at work, you probably also know that you're doing a shitty job at
1: work. Right. Um, If if your employer hasn't mentioned to you that you're underperforming and they just can you like your employer is a coward. Yeah. So I mean, because that that's like the ultimate form of conflict avoidance, isn't it? Like, it, oh, I don't want to have the tough, to, uh, tough conversation with this guy and tell him he's doing a shitty job. I'm just gonna like, can him. Like they <laughs> call you on your way to work. They can't even like exactly. face you in person. <laughs> or yeah, it's like an office space. we like, we find it's better to fire people on a Friday. That way they can't come <laughs> in the next day. Uh, yeah. So like, I guess you would see the writing on the wall, and it would be nice if if companies would say like, okay, we have decided that you know, in two weeks, we are going to terminate your employment unless mm. something amazing happens. Because I guess it's not like the law but there's sort of this unwritten rule that if you're going to quit your job you should put in your two weeks
0: yeah I you know. mean you give notice they give notice and there are certainly times where you could be completely surprised or you know maybe because of a merger and you're you're we're, uh, you're redundant or something mm-hmm. but I think often if you're real with yourself especially if you're underperforming you probably know um, and so like look if you're going to underperform
1: you might as well be prepared yeah <laughs> Yeah, i guess so i guess you could also not underperform <laughs> true but, but we won't split hairs um, i actually had a question so mm. um in, in all the movies that sort of like depict the financial crisis like big short margin call stuff like that mm. uh there's kind of this sense that like it all just sort of hit at once yeah and like a certain few people saw that it was coming you know like um what was it scion capital knew that this was coming because they dug into the math and they shorted all these housing bonds and everything, but everyone else just sort of like got blindsided. Um, was that how it was or did Lehman brothers like, did they see the banks are coming or was it just like a smack in the face?
0: You know, maybe, maybe upper management did everyone that I knew. And I, I knew people who were my manager or their manager's manager and, and whatever. And we were all like shocked, like completely, we, we had no idea. Okay. Um, so, and, and, so like, it really we, was we, like
1: a blindside kind of thing. It
0: was, and we we had saw the stock market declining, you know, and like that people were, uh, I don't know, shorting Lehman stock and stuff, and but management sent emails out, "We're fine. This is bullshit." And I guess like, you maybe maybe your mind never goes to extremes like that. Mm-hmm. So, like for something like that to happen, even if someone told you it was going to happen, I, I almost feel like you'd be shocked anyways. But we yeah. are completely blindsided.
1: I guess it's kind of like the whole uh, thing where when you know your bank account isn't doing so well, you don't want to look at it Where mm. you kind of like, you don't want to tell yourself that it could be the worst case scenario. And then someone so, tells you you have zero dollars and you're like, what? <laughs> Even I though like you kind of know. How could I have possibly <laughs> seen this coming? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you just, you want to tell yourself that, oh, it's it's just a blip. Or yeah. like that real estate broker says in um, in the big short, it's just the gully. <laughs> Everything is gonna recover It's just a little tiny gully little tiny dip in market demand. it's mm. fine, but it's not fine. okay, so say you you can see the writing on the wall yeah that gives you time to prepare for your eventual loss of a job. Uh, what yeah. do you do? Uh, so one you should we, we usually talk about like keeping
0: two to three months expenses um, in your checking account just mm-hmm. for life. Uh, maybe this is an emergency fund. Yeah I mean and plus an emergency fund yeah. and this is when an emergency fund comes in handy. but I think that like if you anticipate this happening, you want to hoard a little bit of cash, perhaps hold up to six months uh, expenses mm-hmm. in your checking account. Um, you know you could hold less or more and I think it really depends on your job prospects. but honestly, unless like I don't know, uh, you're you're an old school phone operator uh you you probably will be able to find a job in under six months old school phone operators
1: they're they're obsolete so uh. <laughs> is anybody still operating a, I, I bet you there are switchboards in operation in, in some parts of the world mm. but maybe, maybe I think in the, the automated switchboard was invented in like the 50s or 60s yeah I remember my mom telling me because my, my mom was born in 1964 I believe and she was telling me that when she was a little girl, one of her dream jobs was to be a switchboard operator for the phone company. And when she got old enough to do it, they had switched over to the automated switchboards.
0: Aww. And she,
1: she had also said that one of her dream jobs was to be a cashier specifically so she could press those heavy buttons <laughs> on those big uh, cashiers with the curved front where mm. it basically had like those typewriter-esque keys where it goes like thunk. Yeah. yeah. by the time she was 16 and was able to be a cashier, they had moved over to computer keyboards. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) She specifically wanted to thunk those mechanical keys. And I don't blame her. I've been in an antique store. Those things are fun to push. It it would be satisfying, for sure. We found one. I took her to the salvage store in Des Moines, and uh, they had one there, and she was like, she was freaking out. It was great. (laughs) So...
0: One one thing that I think uh, people don't do, and it's it's not even if you're gonna like lose your job. I think you just kind of do it anyways. Mm-hmm. You you gotta keep your resume like constantly updated and your LinkedIn yeah. profile constantly updated. Like I used to do it yearly, and uh, every time after like a big project, so you do this thing. It takes like you know. I want to say like 80% of the time you're at work, you're just doing like nomin you're like shoveling shit, doing what you normally do, whatever. But yeah. occasionally you might get like a special project. Mm-hmm. Um or promotion. And yeah, or you know, or promotion, or you did something just that was just very interesting. Yeah. You know, after you finish that, you have to get it on your resume and in LinkedIn, because it's like on the top of your mind, and mm-hmm. uh, you're not gonna I be think able to the describe big thing it is as like- well.
1: Even if you're an employee, you have to constantly think of yourself as a business. Yes. Um, and the, the, you know, we're not saying you have to go start a business or be an entrepreneur, but you're, there's always some degree of like selling yourself and putting your, your best foot forward. And if you think about somebody who's a public figure, like an actor or you know, like a, somebody like Gary Vaynerchuk or a famous musician, they're always, they're always positioning themselves to promote their latest thing. Mm. So, even if they're not like necessarily looking for a new gig, they are always like open to that possibility and they're always presenting themselves with their best and latest work. Cause you never know. Yeah, you never know. You know, you could have, you could be pretty happy in your job right now and you've been working there for 10 years. But secretly in the back of your mind, like 10 years ago, you really wish that you could be like the special network engineer for Cisco where they, they didn't have a job opening and you got a mm. job somewhere else. And now they have a job opening and they see your resume on LinkedIn and it's like perfectly updated and they see that you've gained all these certifications and you've got all this experience. Maybe a recruiter reaches out to you and they're oh like, my God. We, this is your dream job and we want to hire you. But if so, you don't keep your stuff updated, they're not going to find you. So so you probably don't
0: know because you've been like CIGing and self, self-doing for a while. But uh, LinkedIn SEO is like so important, like optimizing for searches in LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Uh, I constantly have recruiters emailing me for data engineering jobs at like awesome startups or big companies and you know if you're happy in your job and a lot of this is just like a waste of time to just like constantly chase these, these veins. But uh, if you keep this as like an open thread and something that's active, when you do need a job, you might have like 30 things sitting in your inbox. Maybe they're over a year that they've yeah. been sitting
1: there, but you could just reply to all of them. Maybe the recruit will just do work for you. Like, I guess the big thing is just like there, there's really no downside to being a sought after person. It, yeah, You have the right to ignore all the requests if you're happy in your job. But if you are sought after and you're continually sought after, then in the event that you lose your job and need a new one or in the event that you, you know, get an opportunity that comes lands in your lap and you realize like, hey, that's actually something worth pursuing. I had considered it. It seemed impossible before. That's awesome. You know, those things are going to happen if you're not sought after.
0: I'll tell you what, you will react to opportunities differently if you just have a ton of them constantly thrown at you. And mm-hmm. it's not like you'll act to them differently, like you'll be a dick or a prima donna because you're like, oh, look at me, I have like so many opportunities, but you will feel differently about it and whatever. And I think that the way that you approach it then, being super professional and everything, actually makes you more
1: desirable because yeah. you're, you're
0: like subconsciously like projecting that.
1: I guess it's the difference between if, if you only get an opportunity every once in a while, there's this feeling like lady luck has dealt you the perfect hand and if you don't take this, like it's it's your one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. Mm. All that kind of thing. Uh, whereas if you are a sought-after person, you have lots of opportunities coming at you. I think you put yourself in a position where you're able to more objectively analyze those opportunities. Um... I mean, a good example, when I was a junior in college, CIG was uh, very, very new, and I got an opportunity to go out to California and go to Adobe's Max Conference, and it was like the first opportunity, Mm. and I jumped at it immediately, and I was like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever, and the same thing happened with my first internship. I got an opportunity from the first company I applied for, uh, and I was like, they're the only one who's ever going to offer me anything. I'm going (laughs) to take it right away. I have to take it. Otherwise, I'm screwed. And now it's like it's a little different, you know. There's opportunities coming across my email inbox all the time, so Mm -hmm. you you can kind of like detach yourself from maybe being starstruck or thinking that it's a super lucky break. And you can actually ask yourself, like, what would this mean in terms of how it would actually change my life? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my work life balance is the salary increase worth the extra commute? And everyone wants that employee
0: that doesn't need the job because maybe they they're they're happily employed, like th- those are the people mm-hmm. that everyone wants. And so, yeah, I think like when you can ask those questions, like what you know, can you work from home and stuff like that, it like it actually projects good things, I think, but yeah. uh, one thing that uh, i I imagine i I think that you do, um, I don't really do. i, I don't I actually haven't done it for a while because I don't kind of I don't care anymore, mm-hmm. but uh. You should Google yourself. Um, mm. And I guess like if you were to Google yourself now, it's probably all the stuff you created. That's awesome. So it's like fine. You've like beaten the Thomas nah. Frank Google
1: research, whatever. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> I don't know. He's he's still like half the page. That's right. There's another Thomas Frank. It's, it's a and common- he's
1: the only one with a Wikipedia. So like mm. his face is what shows on the sidebar when you Google me.
0: But uh, (laughs) if if you don't have uh, a huge college website like Thomas, like you may search your name and on page one or two, there may be something embarrassing or you just don't want an employer to see. And like think Mm -hmm. of whenever you find someone new in your life or whatever, you Google them like you'd be crazy not to. And so to think that your employer wouldn't. I mean, wait, do you? I, I, Do you Google like every new person you meet? When people email me and they, they ask a question and and I'm just like, sometimes it's just like whatever. But sometimes I'm like, oh, who is this? Or someone wants to advertise on the show or I, I don't know. Ah. just like, I tend to look people up because I, I won't go. A lot of times people will be like, hey, I'm in Hoboken. I want to grab a beer. I'm like, all right, let me
1: not get murdered. Let me just uh, <laughs> <laughs> see if they're real and, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know if I've actually met anyone for a beer yet in like Denver. Mm. I don't know. It's usually it's just like, there's not time.
0: Maybe you should start a personal finance podcast.
1: Yeah, I guess I could do that. <laughs> and and then base it
0: around beer. You know, when, know we have, when we have meetups, quite a lot of people come out when I say Thomas is going to be there.
1: Well, so the meetups are, are the great, I love the meetups mm. because they allow like a lot of people to show up and I don't know. It's like a big fun event. I like that. It's fun. Mm. Uh, I can't say I've, I don't, I think I Google people less than you do. I definitely Google the companies that email asking to advertise that Same. kind of stuff. You know, obviously you got to look them up, see if they're legit, see if it's worth your time. But I was just picturing like you meeting somebody at a bar and then immediately Googling.
0: them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe not that way. Maybe my when name's I get Jared. I'm in finance.
1: Something. Is he really though? right yeah
0: (laughs) well that's actually kind of like me i'm
1: like i think this
0: guy's full of shit i'm googling him when i get home
1: (laughs) there you go yeah but i guess you you could google yourself there might be something that you don't want to see there Mm. uh there might be like an article about somebody else with your name who committed a crime or something like that true and And then then maybe you want you might want to create a bunch of accounts on
0: random sites to you know (laughs) (laughs) just push that down
1: a little bit Or just change your Twitter bio to not the murderer one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Actually got an email yesterday. So the other Thomas Frank wrote some article about Donald Trump and Jeff Bezos. And uh, somebody emailed me and they were like, next time you're going to write an article, why don't I just like sit down, have a bourbon and write something intelligent for once in your life. (laughs) And they had this whole spiel about why this guy was wrong about his opinion so, I just emailed back. I'm like, the next time you would like to show that your position is more intelligent than someone else's, it might help your case to email the correct person. <laughs> <laughs> God, he right now. You're down. not doing yourself any favors.
0: <laughs> so, okay. So, Googling yourself is important and fixing that. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, finally, uh, I think the last thing, and, and not like definitely not the least, you need to understand your value. And, um, this obviously plays to negotiations when you're getting the job, uh, and it also plays to how in demand you are, which may reflect how you act. Because mm-hmm. if you're a phone operator, old school phone operator, maybe you need to kiss a lot of asses to get that last phone phone operator job in the U.S. But if you're like one of three people that does climatology for I, I don't know some some like ridiculous thing that like three people do, I don't know what that for would Neptune? be.
1: Huh? For Neptune? For Neptune? Like the planet?
0: Yeah, I mean, like that—that's <laughs> a thing. Uh, yeah, like Our, it would uh, help. Our Neptune to...
1: climatology budget has about run out this year. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and you're not qualified many. for Uranus or Pluto, so you're just gone.
0: So look, you—you you go to like PayScale, Glassdoor, they—they. They have awesome information. You could look at volume of searches or or job openings on indeed.com. You just got to get like a gist of what you might be
1: worth and how many people want you. I guess like this isn't even something that you need to think about when you're about to lose your job. This is something you need to think about always. Like ask yourself, am I a badass at my job? Mm. The answer should be yes. Yes. And if it's not, like, what can you do to make the answer yes? Because if the answer is yes, if you ask yourself that question, you can honestly say, yes, I am, then you're probably going to have people knocking down your door to hire you, you know, as long as your skill set is in demand. And if you you, know your skill set's not in demand, then you need to start looking at a new skill set, something that's adjacent to what you do, but in demand.
0: I would, I would actually approach that slightly differently. So if you, if you ask yourself, if you're a badass at your job and you say yes, the next thought you should have is like fuck, well, I'm I'm like totally overblowing how good I am <laughs> what am I not seeing like I feel like the people who are really good are are like slightly afraid or or don't they're they're more humble I think
1: I uh, mean okay I, I I totally see where you're coming from and I think you're right look you have to I know, think there's multiple to know that you're good it. Huh? Yeah, like the whole thing about like the wise man understands that he doesn't know anything, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So like, it's a
0: careful balance because right. I think the lowest end of the spectrum overthinks their ability, and the the top yes. end of the spectrum completely underthinks their ability, you know, or undersells yeah. their ability.
1: And so you have I mean, to you should,
0: be real with yourself, which is hard. Yeah, and, and, I mean, and if, if you if think you're, you're good, be skeptical.
1: If, yeah, be skeptical. And if you're asking yourself, like, am I a badass at my job? If you say yes, you should be prepared to back that up with evidence. Yeah. So it, I did I get a promotion it. recently? Did my boss recently tell me that this was great? Uh, did we recently have a customer say, like, you did awesome on this thing? Dude, or you use can the you five compare whys. your work to something else, right? You, you use the five whys. So it's like, uh, I'm a
0: badass at my job. Why? Because I do this, that, or whatever. Why? Because blah, 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 and if you can get down to five and it still holds water, um, then it's like
1: a solid, that then maybe you are good at your job. Mhm yeah, and if if you're blessed with feedback in your job, you know, use that as a, a barometer. The one thing that that annoys me and the, and this is just something about life, a lot of people are in jobs where there are basically two states. One is status quo in which nobody even notices what you do. Yeah. And one is it's broken or it's subpar in which case the only feedback you ever get is negative negative. people mm. telling you that they're pissed. It, it kind of sucks to be in a job like that because if you do a really good job, like people just never notice. Yeah. It's, and it's working. You never hear and anything so, about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're in a job where we get tons of feedback because it's a media job. So it's, mm. it's kind of like different, but I have to wonder like in your your data engineering job or maybe at Lehman, you know, how much feedback did you get about your work? So at Lehman, it was like uh, a very big
0: corporate company. And so like feedback and like 360 reviews and all that stuff was like baked in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, if you were smart, kind of thought about that and prepared for that. At iHeart, it was more like if my team likes me and my manager likes me, I'm fine.
1: Really? So you you never really heard like, hey, you really optimized the shit out of that database. It, it would weekend. be
0: <laughs> from within the team might say that. And they would yeah. never
1: say that about me. They kind of, be like, it would be
0: like, um, yeah, that was good. And maybe that would be like <laughs> the extent of it. Because we all were doing the same thing. So we kind of. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I could see them not being, you know, overly super. I mean, like, about it. we're not going to have like a, seem... a
0: team meeting and like, oh my god, Andrew, you were you you were so good last week. <laughs> Never happened. At least you for indented me. <laughs> all of
1: your code correctly. Oh, it was great. <laughs>
0: right? right? Yeah, we ran
1: that shit through a linter and we got zero error, errors. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, okay, so before we move into the section of what to do after you've lost your job and this shit has hit the proverbial fan. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about the importance of, if you see the writing on the wall, trying to learn a new skill, if your current skill is not going to Mm. serve you in the future. So a really good example, um, my mom and my dad divorced a few years ago, or maybe two years ago at this point, and my mom realized, okay, if my husband, my ex-husband's moving out of the house, my daycare business is no longer going to be enough to support this house. Mm. And I don't want to try to move out and do daycare from a different, like, smaller house. It's not going to work. This location is amazing for it. So basically, like, daycare is done. I'm going to lose my job. Even though it's my business, I'm going to lose my job. Right. Uh, so in the months before she closed her business, she asked me, like, Thomas, how do I learn Excel? How do I learn Microsoft Word, PowerPoint? Because all the jobs that I'm applying for and looking at require that and i've never really had to learn them so i got her a subscription to lynda.com and then she just like trucked through a bunch of courses on excel and word and everything and learned that stuff so that way when she actually applied for the jobs that she wanted she was able to get them
0: Mm. And I imagine if you take the, so you could like use Excel for years gently, which I think is like the the most people. There's like few yeah. people who know like the formulas and stuff. And if you take a Linda course, you probably know more intimate details about the program or whatever. Now, people have been using it for a while because they're going to teach you all these nuances specifically, and it will be fresh on your mind. hmm
1: Yeah. So I guess well, just to sum that up. Did, did a, your mom get you a know,
0: job as a result of your advice?
1: Yes. She did. Well, I mean, I, I mean, want to say like it was her going to the courses. Mm. It wasn't just like me telling her how to do it. She went to the <laughs> courses. Right. Um, I just got her the subscription. But you're still so. the prodigal son. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't the prodigal son, like, shirk his parents' advice and then go lose all of his money gambling and then have to come back home and, like, I, I thought the prodigal son the farm. taught his mom Excel and you got it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to look that story up. I don't, I don't remember how it goes. <laughs> all right. What do you do after you've lost your job? How so do you mitigate the damages and get back on your feet as quickly as possible? I think like the
0: most uh, obvious and, and important thing is like, you just got to cut spending to the bone mm-hmm. and, and make a fresh budget. And uh, you know, like, so say you go out to dinner all the time, like, obviously you don't or you go out to a really fancy dinner, have a great time with like your wife and at the end, tell her you got fired and then, <laughs> then just don't go out again. <laughs> but you, you need to like nip in the butt or in the bud, um, all of the extraneous spending. Like you have to go into a uh, preservation mode.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. So I guess list out your expenses in terms of needs and wants, mm-hmm. um, and then cut things down, you know, just, cancel subscriptions for a while I'm sure you can watch Hulu with the ads for a little while uh, because at this point like you you're on a shoestring budget and you're you're two and a half to three times in your checking account if you have it hopefully maybe more it's now a runway yeah and you're almost considering yourself as like a startup that currently has no cash flow and you're trying to get things off the ground that's a good way to view it actually you're the startup of Finding a job for you—that is, <laughs> that's the app that you're building. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So I guess the next thing you have on here, which I think is really important, is is to take personal responsibility for it. Mm. Uh, especially if you were let go because your company went bankrupt or some stupid political dispute, or the boss hired his cousin because he needed a job and super nepotistic and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's really easy to get into this bitter mindset where you're blaming everyone else Others. but yourself. Yeah. And that may be true and it may be totally justified, but blaming other people is not only going to do nothing for finding you a new job. It's going to make you look bad. You lose a growth opportunity. Yeah. You lose a growth opportunity, but no matter how justified the reasons are for blaming other people, it doesn't reflect well on you when you Mm. express that. If you're like in an interview and they're like, why were you let go from your previous job? Oh, because my boss was an asshole and he hired his cousin. Like that doesn't make any, you know, it doesn't look good. So try to, try to like spin it into, this is a new opportunity for you. Yeah. Instead of just focusing on the negative things that people did.
0: I mean, I I think you should take it as a learning experience because say, uh, say it really was the company and your boss really was an asshole and all those things that you would say, well, you should still reflect and take notes because maybe your next job, you should try to not work for an asshole. Or work for Mm -hmm. a shitty company. But much more likely, you or or the lack of you that you applied has some, uh, that's like part of the reason. And so uh, you should reflect honestly and maybe Mm -hmm. uh, change the way you are, maybe the way you talk to your management, uh, the way you, uh, how much stuff you get done during the day or you convey that. Um, Yeah. It should be a learning experience.
1: I guess the thing to think about here is whatever the reason was for you losing your job doesn't change the fact that losing a job represents a big life change Hmm. and big life changes are a perfect opportunity for changing your habits, for analyzing what you're doing and what could be done better. And usually once you get over the initial, you know, negative shock of losing the job, um, the fact that you're moving to a new chapter of your life can actually generate a lot of motivation on its own. Yeah. So utilize that. All right, so the next thing you want to do uh, is to file for unemployment, which is actually something I've never done. So how do you do that and what does that even entail? So so we're, we're going to include a link okay.
0: um, in the show notes and you just just apply online. My, my sister actually... Uh, was a ballet dancer. Now she does like uh, stand in work uh, for like TV shows and movies and stuff. And uh, like the show may do filming and she may be required for three weeks and then maybe she's off for two weeks until she gets another gig or whatever. And so she actually is constantly on and off unemployment. Um, really? Yeah. And the, the whole thing is like uh, this is money that uh, is available to you. I mean, it's not an enormous amount, but like, shit, you'd be crazy not to take it. And I think one thing important to say is uh, you won't get unemployment if you're fired for cause. And for various reasons, even if you were fired for cause, your boss may say that you won't qualify for unemployment. Apply for unemployment because the burden of proof is on them. And even if you were fired for cause, they often won't be able to prove. Beyond doubt, and and the courts tend to favor people applying for unemployment. Blah 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 blah. Always apply. You'd be ridiculous so, not to apply.
1: When you say for cause, you mean like it was your fault that you were fired. Like you were pouring nacho cheese from the break room down the drain. You, you mooned your multiple, boss. You kept mooning the boss. Like kept moving right, the boss. Fired. That's pretty bad. He kept doing it. I mean, he did yeah. it six times, so we fired him. Five times. It's it's funny, but the sixth time, not really. No, it's it started to get old. You just got to know when to let the joke go. That's right. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, I'm not from Kazakhstan. Uh,
1: and okay, anyways. <laughs> okay, so so apply, and apparently you can also appeal if you're denied. Yeah. So there's processes in place. Um. Unemployment is that—that's a government program, right? Yeah. So I guess like you should think of it as something that you were paying into when you were working. Oh, you absolutely were. Go get some of your money. Actually,
0: (laughs) I mean, you were kind of technically, but really, all employers pay into it, and they have Mm. unemployment. They have like insurance for when people claim unemployment.
1: So I guess it doesn't—it doesn't come straight out of your taxes, Mm. as far as I understand. But like, if you're employer wasn't paying unemployment insurance they would be paying you more salary Mm. or i guess a better way to word it is they're paying you less because they they can't not pay pay it because they don't pay
0: unemployment insurance they pay fines i know from a wonderful
1: experience that i've had i Uh, don't pay it because i had to fill out a specific form to opt out of it mm. but i only can do that because i'm the one officer in my company and the one employee in my company if I had any employees that were not me, I could not opt out and I would have to pay it. Which, I mean, it doesn't cost yeah. that much, but yeah, you got to do it if you're an employer.
0: Yeah. It costs more to for, to not know to
1: do it and not do it. Yeah. The, the fines. So, in addition to filing for unemployment, you want to consider getting health insurance because mm-hmm. once you are fired from your job or let go, you are probably losing your company health insurance benefits.
0: And you'll, you'll qualify for Cobra, which will extend your existing coverage, although you'll pay a hell of a lot more than you were. Um, and then I think it's like this gambit, which I think you can choose yourself, whether like you think that you need it for the X time you're unemployed, or you think that you don't. And mm-hmm. I guess if I was 23 and I lost my job, I probably wouldn't get it, because I was like young, healthy, whatever. But um, you really only need health insurance when you don't expect it. That's like the whole point. And so yeah. it's like it's a pretty dangerous gambit.
1: Yep. And if you're married or have kids then like. You can't you even sh- not you should have probably it. do it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, like you could get away with not having it. It was all awesome. And you saved 300 bucks. But if you had some like ridiculous rare thing that just randomly happens, that's how mm-hmm. you financially ruin yourself.
1: Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm guessing both of us have experiences that have taught us that like a health problem can sneak up in the most weird, unexpected way. Like you didn't yeah. even expect it. You get a health problem from sitting. <laughs> Seriously. Actually, I, I think that the most like most people in America get their health problems from sitting mm. and, and not from like falling on a skateboard. <laughs> I've never like been injured doing athletic things, but I've been injured <laughs> through just bad posture and like that, working too much. <laughs> there was this one time I did an athletic thing.
0: I don't really remember. That, that it, one.
1: like a few years ago. <laughs> I do remember sweating. I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think I was okay. sitting while I was sweating. Um, In addition to Cobra, which I didn't know about, is that, so that extends your existing coverage from your job essentially? that mm. what you're saying? Yeah. Um, in addition to that, if you are using like the federal marketplace or if your state has its own marketplace, uh, losing a job is usually a qualifying life event. So it would uh, allow sure. you to apply for new coverage, even if you were outside of the uh, coverage renewal window that through the healthcare year.
0: marketplace. And yep. uh, having gone through this multiple times, it's actually not that bad of an experience. No, it's um, not. It's pretty
1: easy. Yeah. In fact, I, uh, Anna's doing it today. Oh, I
0: mean, I would say awesome slash not awesome because it sucks reading about this stuff. But (laughs) as compared to otherwise, they actually make it, I think, as easy as it could be.
1: I mean, it's it's easier and less time-consuming than actually going to the doctor. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So that was a positive benefit to it. All right, uh, so focus first on your job hunting process. So what do you mean by that?
0: So- uh Tesla and Elon, they always talk about like the machine that builds the machine, like their Uh big innovation isn't so much the car or the battery, but how they make the car, how they make the battery to make it cheaper, the the whole process more efficient, more automated. And I think that when you're going to look for another job, um, the first thing you should do is come up with your job hunting process. Uh, you know, maybe you have a resume and cover letter that you create and then you envision how you might create easy deviations on that. So everything feels customized when you send it to the job, but doesn't take you a lot of work, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you have a spreadsheet of the jobs you want to apply to, um, you should be able to cr- like crank out applications quickly and high quality.
1: So you're, you're basically like you're building your system. Right. first. So t- I guess like when we say focus first in the job hunting process, the keyword there is process.
0: Exactly. You know,
1: instead of like going and applying for one job, like think about like, how can I make this easy on myself if I'm going to apply for like 20 jobs or hundred jobs or whatever mm. it is. Um, and I guess like a good example of this is you were a data engineer. Mm. So you used tools like uh, Hadoop. Is that one right? Yeah. Um, you probably use like SQL, probably use like Django. So you're applying for a bunch of, of jobs. Maybe one you know wants a data engineer and they specifically want Hadoop experience. Maybe another one specifically wants Django experience. Mm. You, your resume probably lists both, but maybe you have like one project you did at iHeart that really highlights your Hadoop experience, and you have another one that really highlights the Django experience. So you would have one version of your resume that puts the most relevant experience first up so top, a so it sees like, it immediately. Yeah. And maybe, maybe you have a version that just like lists those. If you have a skills area, maybe you list Hadoop first or you list Django first on this version of the resume. And if you think about it
0: on, based on your resume, like you may, I don't know, come up with like five deviations, I don't know, 10 Mm -hmm. deviations of your resume. And if you create them in the beginning and, and name them properly, you know, you could just cry. Yeah. Cause I think, um, not all that different from dating job hunting is a numbers game.
1: Yep. No, I think a, a smart thing to do would be to identify a few different open positions that you want to go for first. That Companies way you have, admire. Yeah, yeah. that way you have at least like some sort of um, template or like example of how you want to create those deviations. Don't just like open your resume and start creating random permutations <laughs> based on nothing. Yeah, that, that'd be Otherwise, weird. like, that's just a waste of time. So identify a bunch of positions, but maybe before applying to one of them, unless it has a upcoming deadline that's, you know, time sensitive, um, use those as an example. And as your sort of guiding light to create your system, create your spreadsheet, create your deviations and then start applying. Uh, all right. So next we have part-time work or working on that side hustle. So I mean, Um, it's often been said that looking for a job can be a full-time job in itself, but if you've got the opportunity to uh, pick up some part-time work or, You've got skills that you can use as a freelancer. You may you need pick to pick up pick a client. Part-time work based yeah, on depending your. Depending on what your runway is.
0: Yeah. Maybe uh, your your family and where you live is expensive. Um, so, so you may need that. And uh, this is where I think if you had a side hustle, like say uh, you looked for jobs for five hours and then you a day and you drove for
1: Uber for five hours to so just kind mm-hmm.
0: of uh, take the edge off or, or the pressure
1: off and um, And Uber might be a good one specifically because you set your own hours on that. I guess the one thing I want to caution people here on is if it is between cutting down your expenses to the bare minimum and picking up a part-time job that has set hours that you don't control, uh, go for cutting your expenses first because Mm. say that you have an amazing job opportunity that comes up, you apply, they ask you for an interview and they're like, we would like to interview you Tuesday at noon. It's like, oh, well shucks i have my cashier shift at walgreens That's true. at noon sorry um you know don't if you can help it part time can become my time yeah don't compromise your time because you need to be flexible to find a job or to find mm-hmm. the job that you really want um if you've got to do it though then do it and i think uh
0: you know say, say like you're listening and you're like super secure in your job it's all good, whatever. Um, I think it's just really important to kind of view, like not put all of your income eggs in one basket, whether, mm-hmm. whether you're running a business and you have like multiple income streams or, or if you're just a person who's employed at a single, uh, employer, uh, I was, that was me at Lima brothers. They declared bankruptcy, you know, shit happens. You should have alternatives that you're working on or at the back of your minds and, uh, you'll never be happier than, uh. When you need to use it. I mean, I mean, no, I'm sorry. You would never want to use it. But only thankfully you had it. And for whatever it's worth, listen, money matters was that for me. And then uh-huh. it became my full thing. So perhaps uh, protecting yourself could become bigger and better than that.
1: Yeah. And at the very least, it protects you.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So a few uh, couple thoughts before we wrap up here. One, you could use this as an opportunity to get healthy. So you have been, if you look at it a certain way, granted more time. Go to the gym. Yeah. Well, yeah, Andrew. (laughs) I know, I know.
0: I was (laughs) laughing with Laura about this when I was like writing it down. (laughs) I'm the one to tell people to get healthy.
1: Seems to me that you don't actually have a full-time 40-hour-per-week job right now. I don't. So... How's that? Uh, how's that? Planet Fitness membership. Someone you? has to watch the videos <laughs> on YouTube.
0: <laughs>
1: How many times a week are you setting off the lunk alarm?
0: I went to the gym today. Actually, you, oh, you did? I did. Yeah. Nice. Oh yeah. Sat on the, I'm proud on, of the you. on the low rider bike where you lean back, <laughs> and so it's like really comfortable, <laughs> and just kick your legs for forty five minutes.
1: <laughs> is that what you did? That is exactly what I did. Fair enough. Hey, at least you went. Beggars can be choosers. Mm. Um, but no, this is a very good thing to think about. So Anna found that working a 40 hour per week job, plus commuting an hour and a half each day, plus having a side hustle means there's basically no time left over for proper exercise routine or yeah. uh, enough time to cook dinner. Now, luckily I have time to cook dinner, but I can't exercise for her. that doesn't work. <laughs> um, we haven't invented a, a way to transfer workout to your muscles from somebody else yet. And you I'll, could tape I'll, her to your back and so when you run, she's also moving her legs. I don't think that is gonna work. I don't know. But the mm. nice thing is now that she's not working full time and she's got more time, she's able to have a more steady workout routine. Mm. you know. And if you get healthy, you may not you might not need that health insurance. That's true. So I don't know. I, there's, I, I don't want to underemphasize like a good workout schedule or at least getting some movement every day prevents a lot of like sedentary related injuries. Yeah. Or like heart disease or anything like that. Just get outside, man.
0: And look, last but certainly not least, and, and maybe it even mm-hmm. should have been like first – first <laughs> uh, yeah is uh you should really get help whether it's mm-hmm. recruiters that are hitting your inbox up on LinkedIn or you just reach out to a few friends who have jobs in related fields or even unrelated fields old coworkers just hit your network up ask if yeah. there are openings if uh they have any ideas maybe they know awesome recruiters um mm-hmm. i think that you'd be shocked shocked that
1: uh i'm um, like how helpful they would be actually i've seen people um just tweeting like hey i'm looking for a product designer position in the new york city area or remote i've Mm. got this experience and a lot of times when i see that i'll retweet it Uh, if if i know somebody who's looking for that i'll send them their way but if i don't i'll just like retweet it to boost the visibility a little bit because as somebody who runs a business i i'm now on the other side where i realize like
0: if they did we that for need you, to that hire be really good nice. people
1: too, and that it's really hard to find good people. Like, you think it's hard to find a job, it's also hard to find people to do the job you need them to do. And so, look, anything I can do to help connect people, I'm going to try to do.
0: If you know your friend is awesome and they're going to crush whatever, and uh, there's a job, an opening at the company you work for, mm-hmm. more times than not, you the one getting your friend a job will get a financial incentive to get them placed. And so oh, yeah. for like, uh, I mean, every job I've ever worked at and it's been to varying degrees of money, but it's always been like, shit, really? You're going to pay me like, I don't know, five, 10, whatever thousand dollars if this yeah. person joins and stays for six months, like get the, take that money and you better believe your friend wants that money. Um, yeah, so absolutely. let them get you a job and get $5,000 like everyone wins.
1: Speaking of $5,000, my friends over at charisma on command are currently hiring an operations manager. And I got an email about it and they were like, if you aren't a fit for this job, but you send somebody who is, and they stay with us for six months, we'll give you $5,000. Cool. So just say you heard this thing. on
0: listen, money matters. And, I was going to uh, say, just
1: say you heard it from a specific. Yeah. <laughs> wait, who did they say they hear heard it from? Um I think it was Thomas. Andrew Biebert? <laughs> Something like that.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. Flip on. a coin.
1: Flip a coin. And say you heard it from that person, whoever it was. <laughs> Actually, wait, is Thomas Jefferson on Andrew- any of the money? Is he on the is he on the ten-dollar bill? Is that Andrew? Right. Andrew on the twenty. Alexander Hamilton's on the ten. Mm, these are things that I don't Jefferson's know. on the nickel. Mm. So flip a nickel. And if you get heads. And you know it's Thomas. If you get tails, flip it again until you get heads. <laughs> don't flip a $20 bill because that has Andrew on it. So don't do that. <laughs> 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 but yeah, get help. Um, regardless of whether or not there's a financial incentive, your friends want to see you succeed. And if yeah. they have something, if they have a network they can help get you access to, you know. And look, let's be real. Ask for help. Who
0: doesn't want to hold that over your head forever? I would love yeah, to I do that. I got your job. Ha-ha. Yeah, I mean, how much you
1: owe me? Beers for life. Like <laughs> <laughs> everyone's a winner. Fair enough. Yeah, and maybe you know someday they will lose their job and you can help them get a job, and now they owe you beers. Yeah, like reciprocity rule. I, I think it's just a, everyone wants to help
0: what they can. Like mm-hmm. you'd be crazy. I know you like you're fearful, or I I would be
1: fearful or reluctant to reach out. You just yeah. got to do it. Well, I think. Um a lot of suffering happens in our world because people are too embarrassed or they're too afraid to yeah. tell other people that they are in a bind. They don't want to be vulnerable. Mm. They don't want to show weakness. Nobody wants to show weakness. But no but, one can help you if they don't know. If, exactly.
0: You know.
1: Yeah, you got to realize number 1 people aren't going to judge you for your weakness. They are going to be appreciative that they mean enough to you for you to be vulnerable to them. You know, that's actually very touching for someone to show vulnerability because Mm. it means that they, you know, trust you and care about you. Uh, And you also have to realize that no man is an Island. And the only reason that any of us can do what we do is because we have been helped along the way. Oh my God. By thousands and thousands of people. You, the world would not work if people didn't help each other.
0: I I, (laughs) I have not met anyone who is, gotten any reasonable amount of success that hasn't been enormously helped by like a shit ton of people. I mean, Mm -hmm. a ridiculous amount, whether it's like mentors or just one off. I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah. Or your garbage guy who makes sure that you're not constantly buried in garbage so you can focus on your work. Like everything is interdependent. So don't think that you have to go it alone because you don't Uh, and you won't be going it alone when you get hired anyway. You're going to have a team there. So why not have a team while you're looking for your next team? Damn right. All righty. Well, if you guys want to find the show notes for this episode, which has links to stuff like how to file for unemployment and some other cool stuff, you can, as always, go over to listenmoneymatters.com slash show. And if you're listening to this when it comes out, click that latest show notes link and it'll take you right to it. Otherwise, there is always a link to all the episodes and you can find this one right on that page. You can also find our favorite money management resources, budgeting apps, investment tools, all the books we recommend for becoming more knowledgeable about your money at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. So check out those resources. Thank you so much for listening. And hey, if you guys want to support the show, a great way to do it is to leave us a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. It's a good way to give us some feedback about how we're doing. Um, a lot of times we pull episode topics from there, believe it or not. And it also just helps to uh, increase our show's ranking within Apple Podcasts, which is a great way to build the audience and support the show. So huge props to you if you do that. But regardless of whether or not you do, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next week's episode. Later, man. Later, dude.